the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. It's Friday, August 24th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I want to talk to you here about South Africa. I want to talk to you and I, I, I need you to hear that the world is on the edge. And I'll make the case uh, here in a little while. I don't think I need to, but I'll make the case that it's worse than I think we think. Um, and the last thing we do, uh, the, the, the worst thing that could happen is for all of us to go off half cocked and uh, and play into the hands of anyone who wants to create chaos and more hatred. So what's really going on in South Africa? I can tell you that we have been on this story for, Jason, a couple of months, you think? Three months? At least, maybe it, even longer. Okay. Uh, and we have been looking at it and we have not been talking about it very much because something's wrong and we haven't been able to figure it out. And we haven't been able to get anybody that we thought was clean on either side. I've seen really slick documentaries claiming that there is a, you know, a, a white genocide in progress. It sounds feasible. I've heard activists from South Africa uh, talking on cable news. I've heard horrible, horrible stories. I've seen some pictures. Now, apparently, these stories have trickled down to the White House. On Wednesday, President Trump tweeted that he was directing the Secretary of State to look into, quote, South Africa land and farm seizures and expropriations of a large-scale killing of farmers. This would be good unless you understand the current climate. CNN immediately went into, this is a hoax. This isn't happening. And they, they did what they're always doing now, and that is just be diametrically opposed to the president no matter what he says. All he said was we need to look into this. How can you be against that? But by them taking this, this hard stance that that's crazy, now it pits half of the country saying, no, it's not crazy. And it gives the opportunity for anybody who wants to cause trouble to start into the deep state in case it's not happening. If, if the Secretary of State comes back and says it's not really happening, it will be blamed on the deep state. And we will already have chosen sides, not based on fact, based on the fact that CNN said he's a buffoon, he's a conspiracy theorist, this is just Nazi propaganda. I urge you, do not take a side in this because if you do you stand a very good chance of making things worse our outrage has got to be we have to get it under control okay there is no question that white farmers have been victims of some horrific violent attacks Please look up some of these stories. They are awful. These 
attacks, are they part of a white genocide? Well, this is what many on the alt-right and white supremacist groups have claimed. And this is what has stopped us because we can't find credible sources. We find alt-right and alt-light reporting this. The sad reality is, when they began talking about this, it, it made most of the mainstream media stay away from it. Traditional media sources stayed quiet. Why? Could be postmodernism. Could be they think that nobody's going to watch it. Could be think they, they think nobody in America is going to care. Or the typical, well, I, I don't trust Americans. They find out about this and it's just gonna, they're just going to go start killing black people. Now we're too busy killing Muslims, aren't we? Oh, and immigrants, too. Meanwhile, farmers keep getting killed, and the South African government continues to spiral down their Marxist abyss. Now, make no mistake, the new president, I believe, is a racist. The new president of South Africa. He is also a diehard socialist. Their government is set to modify the Constitution, making it legal to seize farms without compensation. In fact, student, they just passed this just a few hours ago. Uh, we're looking into that. I'm not sure. Okay. All of this, all of this is happening. But is white genocide happening? In this day and age, it is absolutely crucial for all of us to look at every story, every headline, every narrative with a dose of healthy skepticism. Check multiple sources. Check and recheck who wrote it. Where, are the, where is the source of the information coming from? Do they have an agenda? Do not take anyone's word for it. Do not take my word for it. You must do your own homework, but you have to look for the connections of who is this reporter? Who, who are the friends of this reporter? What is the, the platform of this reporter? The problem that, that we've had checking out this story is that most people who fall on the side of this is white genocide are only getting their information from one source. They always quote or reference a group called Afroforum. Okay. Anytime a, mass, a vast majority are getting all of their information from one source, that should set off an alarm. Their information indeed shows a steady increase in farm attacks and murders since 2013. They lean heavily towards the line of whites are being specifically targeted. Now, if you're in the alt-right, alt-light, or even white supremacist, you read that study, and what's the first narrative you see? White genocide. It makes the case even stronger when you add in the rise of Marxism and the calls for land redistribution. But let's use this story as sort of a model in this area, era of potential fake news. No matter what story you're looking at in the future, let's approach it in a similar fashion. First and foremost, we need to acknowledge the findings of Afroforum. 
Every source is quoting them. We have to recognize that they have legitimate concerns for what they're advocating for. We can't ignore what they're saying. But that's what the majority of the mainstream news has done over the past you know, two or so years. That hasn't helped anything. So we have to acknowledge the information. But we also then have to check it and compare it to multiple sources. And here's where it starts to break down. If you compare Afro Forum stats with the official South African police numbers, now that's a government agency, they may have an agenda to hide stuff. We have to acknowledge that. You'll find when you, when you look at the two, they're pretty comparable. If you add in the numbers from the South Africa Agricultural Union, you'll also find pretty much the same thing. Farm attacks and murders over the past few years are rising. Okay. But if you look at the numbers going back now in time, let's not just look at today. Let's look at where did they come from? If you go back all the way to 1996, you're going to see that the current swing upward is actually fairly mild in comparison and typical. In 1996, there were 436, sorry, 433 attacks on South African farms. But in 2001, that number had skyrocketed to 1,069. The numbers were then cut in half by 2005, and they rose back up to near 800 in 2007. Now, it's back-to-back, up and down until the current swing up over the past few years. The call of white genocide has begun in just over the past couple of years. In 2016, 2017, there were 638 farm attacks and 74 murders. Those are real. But remember, in 2001, there were over 1,000 attacks and 140 murders. Literally, Twice as bad as it is today, and no one was saying white genocide back then. South Africa stopped recording a motive for farm attacks after 2001, so we don't really have any concrete current information for why this is happening today. But I think it's pretty safe to say when you have, you know, the leader of your country saying the time for reconciliation is over the redistribution of wealth from those people who stole our land. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty safe to say it's not a big stretch to think that mm, that's probably what's happening here. But in 2001, when these attacks were at their worst, the vast majority were determined to be robberies. Only 15 were found to be racially or politically motivated. Can you trust that stat? I don't know. A closer look at South Africa as a whole shows that its crime rate is spiraling out of control, as it always does when you have socialists in power. Oh, next thing you know, it'll be like San Francisco and they'll be pooping in the streets, too. They have the worst crime rate. Now, listen to this. South Africa has the worst crime rate in all of Africa. 
That's kind of a crime-ridden continent. Six of the top ten most dangerous cities in Africa. Six out of the ten most dangerous are in South Africa. Fifty-five people are murdered every day. That makes Chicago look like a picnic. 18,000 attempted murders were recorded last year alone. 40,000 rapes were reported. On average, there were 430 assault cases every day. This is a country under siege by crime. Now, do I think that some of the farm attacks over the past few years are racially or politically motivated? Of course I do. We saw that from the numbers back in 2001. But with their crime rate, the vast majority probably are not. So here's what you have to know. Ignoring this story, as the press has done, has only made conspiracies grow. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. It has helped a fringe group take a real issue violent attacks on farmers and the seizing of their land and the socialists now in the street saying slit the throat of whiteness and turn that story to fit a more grim narrative. Second, it has enabled the group of Marxists to successfully use their populism to convince their people that seizing property and the redistribution of land will do anything but spell disaster. Mark my words. Beginning the day of the change of the Constitution, within 10 years, South Africa will starve. But the facts do not support the narrative of a white genocide, at least at this point. They are watering those seeds with the rhetoric that is coming from the highest levels of their government. It could turn to that. So we should be constantly vigilant on what is happening. But that doesn't mean that the atrocities are happening I think they are happening on these farms to white farmers. At least some of them are very likely racially motivated. But this is the same trend that has been going on for nearly 20 years. And it's been much worse than this recently. The difference now is that you have to add in the fact that Marxists are overrunning the country. And you don't have to be alt-right or alt-light to recognize and be concerned about Marxist governments confiscating people's land and property. Credit President Trump for putting a spotlight on it. Do not, please. Mainstream media, please, please. Do not use this as another way to drive a wedge between us. Recognize how people can see this as something that is going to lead to genocide. 
please see that because your lack of reporting and quite honestly, your lack of credibility when you do report. Nobody's going to believe you. And you're only going to make it worse. And on the left, I'm sorry, on the right, please, please look at the facts. Do not jump to the conclusion of genocide. We're all going to regret this time. I, I said to somebody off the air yesterday who was a historian, we are going to be viewed as crazy animals, just crazy animals for the way we're behaving. It's all understandable. But it's not going to wear well. There's time for South Africa to reverse its course. If it doesn't, we have to remain vigilant because things could get really bad there. Need to talk to you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's Car Shield. If you've ever had to take your car in for an oil change and the mechanic finds something wrong, surprise, surprise, you're hit with a repair bill that you didn't expect. It's happened to all of us. And when it comes to extended vehicle protection, do what I do. I, ha- I, I have a warranty or not a warranty, extended protection. There's some legal reason they can't call it a, a warranty. Uh, but I have extended protection from Car Shield, So you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. If your car breaks down after your manufacturer's warranty expires, you could be out of pocket thousands of dollars. I went in for I think it was an oil change. It was nothing big. I was I was called and they said, you need six thousand dollars of repairs on your car because of these sensors and everything else. What? They said, don't worry, we checked with Car Shield and it's all covered. Huh, okay. Whew, okay, I'll be in to pay for the oil change. I want you to call Car Shield right now before this happens to you. Call 800 Car 6100. 800 Car 6100. Use the promo code back. CarShield.com. 800 Car 6100. Promo code back. That's, a, that's an interesting. That's an interesting summary of that story. And I, you know, you had kind of mentioned this to me, I think, off the air uh, earlier. That it's fair to say, in the in the on the horizon, are really dark storm clouds. Yeah, it's 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 like we're seeing sparks next to a California forest. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Really bad. And, and really serious. Taking it really it seriously. Could ignite a forest fire, but it hasn't yet. Watch it. Watch it. Right. And there's been some signs of this. Um, you know, I know a lot of these, and you looked at all this data, Jason. There a lot of these were robberies. Um, what was the percentage? Something like 15%, I think, yeah. were, were So, So uh, it's important racial. to point out that Jason did the research on this. And Jason, you and I both believed that white genocide was probably happening. Right, I was fully on board. Yeah, I was convinced because when you when you read those stories, you're just appalled. You can't imagine that this is anything but having to do with something political or racial. Right, and maybe some of those stories actually probably are racial yeah. and political. But you can't look at that um, in a vacuum. You've got to look at it 
you know the full story with all the facts and figures, multiple different sources. And if you we do, were, we've changed our opinion on this only after we did our research. We were fully on board. In theory, we needed to see the research. Once we saw it, Glenn, uh, uh, it's back. not that Mercury. yet. I want to spend just a few more minutes on the um, on the South Africa uh, story. Um, South Africa is a very different place, and if you've ever been there, you know it is an incredibly beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and it is it is great wealth next to devastating poverty, poverty that you can't even imagine in America. Anybody who says they're poor in America, let me take you to South Africa. I'll show you what poor is. Um, the poor people there do not have uh, flat screen uh, televisions. Uh, in fact, they don't have any televisions. In fact, they don't have a house. Uh, they have just like a you know cardboard house or a, a, a kind of a shanty town uh, corrugated uh, metal houses. It's horrible. Mm. Absolutely horrible. Mm. Anyway, it's a different place. And it has gone through so much that it is easy to see how a group of poor, really poor people with poor leadership could turn on the, what is it, 8% white population, something like that? I believe there's only 4.4 million uh, so yeah, it's very it's very it's low. very low, and if if you start to have people in any country start to point to one group and say they're the problem, you can I mean you can do that to anybody. Doesn't matter which color, what creed. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter if people are starving and they're led by somebody who says it's them. You can have genocide. So you have all of the conditions for genocide of any group. So we we looked at this and found it to be credible in theory that there would be some sort of uprising against whites, especially when they're trying to pass uh, a change in the Constitution to take away the land from those people because those people stole your land. That kind, of, that kind of stuff leads to violence. We went in thinking that the media was hiding this. As it turns out, the facts show, no, it's not that yet. It's really not that. Now, some of it may be, but it's not a genocide. Uh, and it's, it's most likely... These things are caused by robberies. Some of it in the past, it's been about 15 percent at its height in 2001. It was about 15 percent. We don't know the numbers now because police stopped looking at motives. How crazy is that? That's the also another reason why you go, well, see, I mean, they know. Why aren't they tracking that anymore? They've always tracked motive. Now they're not tracking. What are they covering? So Jason went in. He's our uh, chief researcher and um, and uh, and foreign foreign affairs guy, uh, and he believed 
and I can't say we believed this to be true. We thought we would find, yes, this is happening. But we didn't report on it because we weren't comfortable because we couldn't find facts that we felt comfortable. It was one of those things that usually Stu is the one that says, wait, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. Let me look at the statistics because Stu is the statistics guy. Yeah, and it's important, you know, to to make sure, mm-hmm. especially with an accusation as serious as, you know, wiping White out a race. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you want to make Bad. sure that uh, you, you have the facts all buttoned up. Right. And some of the sources were weird, and you know, there's an, a central, as you noted in the monologue, there's a central activist group um, that is the source for almost every single one of these claims. And it's not a necessarily bad group. No, no. It's, no. it's a union, right, that is representing the white farmers. They're an, they're, they're an activist group. They've, they've been lobbying all over the world, uh, really ramping it up lately. They were on Fox News, I think a couple of times. Australian um, media. Ton, they actually invited Australian media over to you know show everything that they're going through. And yeah, it's just everywhere. And coincidentally, some of these reports that you see that are a little bit more harsher, they kind of go more along the altish uh, mm-hmm. narrative are coming from Australia, which is no surprise. But it's crazy that every time we looked into this, and like you said, it's been going on for, we've been doing this for months. Every time we did, I would I would run across people saying, oh, there's these stats, there's these stats from these years, an increase here, This it looks like this is happening. They always led back to that one group every single time. So this is why, you know, we, we were asked to go, to, and we didn't think about it at all, uh, except we thought it would be it would it would be fun to get the information and then come back and tell you the truth. But we realized we would have to sell our soul. Uh, Syria asked us to come in and wanted me to do an interview with uh, Assad. <laughs> and, you know, and they would, it's all paid for. It's a trap. It's yeah. a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's it was so clear that it was a trap. Uh, and we're not I, I'm not going to sell my soul for that. That's why journalists do not go at the invitation of a group and have them pay for things because they're going to show you their side of the story. Yeah. And I think that the main thing to take uh, take here is that there is something really serious going on. The idea yeah. that they're passing in the Constitution an ability to take land from farmers who own it uh, and redistribute it to other people is really bad. And it is, the, the language being used is really bad. And yeah. it, it should warn you. As you kind of, we were talking about that of the idea of, you know, the dark storm clouds. And it's raining here a little bit. Where we can see the storm in the distance, the worst winds are in the distance, but it's raining on our heads. Mm-hmm. There's stuff going on right now that is r- real and is really something to be concerned about. But I mean, this is why I love this audience. I, I, I don't know if they're, you know, I feel like this audience is a dying breed in the United States of America at this point. I hope not. That doesn't sound very positive. Oh, yeah. We're all screwed, hey, guys. send me uh, on vacation with that thought. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you about the coming global war. <laughs> but it's like the economic collapse is on the horizon. <laughs> this audience has continually uh, shown a, a hunger to find information even when it challenges what they might previously believe. And that is something that I think is incredibly rare in our society today. People who are like, you know what? I want to know the truth rather than the thing I want to be true. No, we should be broadcasting from a museum. <laughs> we really do. We really should. This is so rare. We should be in a museum. We should. And the, the whole audience can pack in there with that's us. Right. And <laughs> we'll all be in a little cube and people can come and look at us. And they're like, oh, wow, that's 
That's the way people in America used to think and solve things, huh? <laughs> wow. I, I think it's important, and it's important not to downplay it because, I mean, if this were to ha- you know, in a way, South Africa's previous constitution, uh, which uh, basically said w- the government has a right to buy this land, however, it's optional for the farmer whether they want to sell it, is actually <laughs> better on eminent domain than ours is. Yeah. I mean, you can really make the, the situation, you know, because here you get forced into selling mm-hmm. it sometimes. There they're saying, okay, well, they can buy it, um, but you have to, to choose. They've gone so far now where you can't refuse and you don't even get compensated. That is a massive, a massive change and a something that is, you know, really a Takes foreshadow of what could come. I mean, a lot of the things you've talked about over the years, Glenn, have been, hey, here's a warning sign. Here's a warning sign. Here's them in their own words. Here, here's what they're saying they want to do. Shouldn't we take them seriously? I feel like that's where we're at with this story. Yeah. It's starting to happen in bits and pieces. It's scary. But, you know, in some measures, the violence is down. That doesn't excuse what the government is is doing and what they're foreshadowing. This is a this story really is a case study on how people can latch on to a narrative. And if you don't look into it, you can fall victim to fake news. It's you can fall victim to being addicted to outrage. Um, pre-order right now comes out uh, on <laughs> September eighteenth. September eighteenth. Oh, yeah. But you can pre-order that right now. But 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 it really but it really is a case study on why you need to look into these things for yourself. Like like you said, like I was pretty much convinced when I saw these stories what was going on. Um, but then we said, well, the only way we're going to figure this out is if we actually reach out and call some of these people. Now, I won't say who it is, but we started reaching out to multiple different farm owners in South Africa. And one of the very first ones that I talked to, um, he was like, well, um, he goes, well, yeah, they're, 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 they want me to sell my property, but um, it's not for redistribution. They want it for some other like industry. And I was like, oh. Okay, but 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 you're in danger, right? I was like, you know, you're 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 scared for your life because you're getting targeted because you're white. And he's like, no. And I was like, well, can you expand, please? Yeah. And and he's like, well, I, I was like, have you heard? Maybe maybe not you, but your friends. Your like, friends, right? Right, right, right. All the other white people. I'm like pushing this story, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm falling into that trap. And then he's like, no. Uh, he goes, actually, I don't know anybody around me that's that's having those issues. No. So here's the difference. Many journalists, they know what the story is before yeah. they ever set out. Yeah. And they go to prove that story. You went out and you thought that was the story. And you started asking questions. The minute he asked that guy those questions, he was in my office going, okay, Glenn, wait a minute. I've got one source, a pretty credible source, big source that you could barely understand. But I understood him enough to say... This not maybe not happening. And in one source isn't enough. So you went right. and you looked at the data. You went and you talked to other farmers. We've contacted you know what a dozen farmers at least uh, in South Africa. Some of which uh, have been used in in previous reporting. Uh, and we have not seen. Uh, we've seen there are attacks there. Yeah, we, we've talked and there to, are there I mean, are some yeah. that are racially yeah, it, motivated. It's not a nothing, right? Like the you know the idea that fifteen percent of these uh, attacks are racially motivated and that's an old number but i mean we don't know what it is at this moment but 15 percent is really freaking high if you look at the united states it's nowhere near 15 percent of attacks are racially motivated Uh, it's not even close to that so you have to go back and 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 realize that this this is a a society that has been torn at the shreds for you know a century almost this is a this is a society that is you think we have it bad when it comes to divisiveness. Think of the situation that has happened in that country over the past few decades. You know, apartheid and everything else. This has been a, you know, 
a, a contentious society. We talk about this with um, Finland and Norway, and and they've had almost none of that uh, internally because of their sort of monolithic population. There's no cultural disagreement. There's no cultural strife. Until now. And now it's starting to, to, to creep in. But South Africa has this, you know, times a thousand. Most the overwhelming majority of the country thinks the minority of the country um, abuse them. And, and a lot they have a lot of uh, evidence <laughs> behind that. It. I mean, the government certainly did. I mean, yeah. but not, you know, look, a farmer in the middle of nowhere may not have done anything. Right. To, uh, negative to Africa. Uh, to Those, African in fact, Africans. we know a big farmer in South Africa that did the exact opposite. He was he was instrumental in releasing uh, the release of Nelson Mandela. I mean, so we know a lot of white people there that were instrumental in getting that done. And, and that's why there's an argument um, that some have made that, you know, look, there is a this is apartheid was really recent. You know, eight percent of the population whites own 72 percent of the land or whatever it is. Uh, you know, there should be some re- there should be some repercussions because some of this land was stolen in those eras. It's like, well, it's one thing if you can prove a specific crime was committed then you can take you might be able to take land and return it to the initial owner. Uh, but you can't just go walking around because they happen to be white and yeah. take their stuff. So let me let me just end it with this. If you are looking for someone to feed your outrage blindly, this is not the show for you. You get that from a mirror. You can look at <laughs> the mirror and convince <laughs> yourself of that stuff. You, every you day. get that really pretty much anywhere. We are not the show that is going to do that. We will find the truth as we can, to the best of our ability. We ask you to check those facts and decide for yourself. But we cannot continue to feed. I will not be the bartender where somebody who is uh, addicted and say, here, wait, just one more glass. Just one more. Have one for the road. I won't do it because it's wrong. If you want to be a part of the solution, that's where we're what we're going to really try hard to do. And it's amazing. We'll do these things. We'll take on our own side. We'll take on things like the alt-right. The the media should celebrate. The media should be doing what we're doing right now. The media should celebrate. Look at that. Look at that. We will take the hits from from the alt-right and the left, and no one else will notice. We don't care. We care about you. I'm not doing a show for people who don't like us or don't listen to us. I'm doing the show for you. We got this letter in from, uh, from a listener of ours who used Mercury uh, Real Estate to sell their house and buy a new one. I just want to read it to you. It's just such a great letter. Glenn, we used not one, but two of your agents, and I have to say they lived up to the expectation. People hold us to a really high standard, uh, and I'm really glad to hear this. I'm glad to hear this. We get letters like this all the time. Glenn, first we found Skip through realestateagentsitrust.com. He helped us uh, buy a house in Mobile, Alabama. He got to know us through emails and from the phone. He set aside an entire weekend in Mobile when my husband and I went to look for houses. We ended up buying a house that we hadn't even seen online, and we were only able to see it this one time because we had to go back to Kansas. 
So we had to do the whole transaction now long distance. Skip knew exactly how to word everything in the contracts. Nothing slipped by him. Incredible. And we were stress-free. Most competent realtor we have ever met. We wondered if he had a magic wand of sorts, because in the past we've had bad experience after bad experience. Not only did he find our dream house, but then we hired another guy through real estate agents, uh, 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 I trust.com and we bought our house from another guy who was great Kirk in Kansas, Wichita. If you're looking for the right agent, real estate agents, I trust.com real estate agents, I trust.com. Holy cow. Is this a good week to listen to Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, I'm really looking to forward to hearing him dissect the, the stuff from the week with Trump and Cohen oh. and Manafort and all of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Possible pardons, uh, the way the news media the has Me reacted. The Me week. Too stuff from should oh. be interesting. Woo, this yeah. is going to be a good week. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. Glenn Beck. It's Friday, August 24th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have been waiting I have been waiting with bated breath to talk to Bill O'Reilly to get his view on all that has happened this week. Bill, don't disappoint. Where would you like to start? I'd like to start with me just taking over the whole program. <laughs> well, that would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. You and Stu can go out for donuts. Wait a minute. And, uh, if you're serious, I'll make that deal right now. Yeah, we can just spot you up and leave. <laughs> that's no, 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 your viewer, your, your, your listeners, would, they, they would... No, they uh, want donuts, too. They would hold it against me. Yeah. No, you start wherever you want, Beck. I mean, I just wrote a column of the day for BillOReilly.com on uh, our pal Geraldo. Uh, oh, my gosh insisting that the Molly Tibbetts story is just about a murder and nothing to do with uh, illegal. Right. So I want to get to that. Let's save that. I, I want to get All to right. that because I saw something on CNN that I just sent to you. Did you watch yeah, it? I saw, I saw. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's let's start with uh, Cohen and Manafort. Okay. All right. What do you think? So Manafort uh, really didn't have much to do with um, the country as it stands now, unless he will start to accuse the president of something. So if it's a standalone and he he did what he did, obviously, um, he deserves to go to prison. And we sing him the steam song, sha-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye. All right? That's all. Okay, wait. Trump, he won't... Uh, apparently will not rule out pardoning him. Yeah. Uh, that would I think that would be a gigantic mistake. So do I. Okay. And, uh, and it's amazing I'm agreeing with you, but I, <laughs> I I don't think that a man who cheats on his taxes at that level uh deserves a pardon. It, it's as simple as that. So <clears throat> but the Manafort thing, we're not gonna really have much to talk about until uh, he does go to prison, or he does not. Yeah, the Cohen thing is is much more interesting and much more. Um, it's connected to the president. It is connected, at least yeah, that one. Yeah, Manafort has what he was accused of. What he did was years before Trump. There's no connection. Bad guy goes to jail. End of story. Yeah, but the only problem with the Cohen story is Robert Mueller and the U.S. Justice Department. 
that that's what concerns me not what michael cohen may or may not have done as far as silencing women who had affairs with donald trump that that doesn't seem to be a major situation to me um but it is clear that the u.s justice department under attorney general jeff sessions clear that they are allowing plea bargains to crimes in order to get their boss, President Trump. He's the boss of the Justice Department, all right? Sessions answers to him. So he's got a department that's basically saying, hey, we want to get you. We're going to do all this kind of stuff. And I say that because the campaign finance violations that Cohen is going to plead guilty to are BS, all right, it's crap. Nobody would be indicted on those things. Nobody would be charged with those things unless there is a check directly from the Trump for President campaign in the hands of one of these women. And we haven't seen any evidence of that at all. And Trump denies it that he used campaign funds. So I I don't understand why this is even taking place. Why Michael this is, Cohen was even charged with this. This is a this is the point that Alan Dershowitz is making. He's like, show me the crime. He said, just point it out in the book, and I'll shut up. But there's there's no crime on the books. Not yet. Not not yet. Well, he no. pled guilty to a crime, right? So he pled guilty to something, and he also pled some, guilty yeah, to tax. It, it was also tax issues, though, too. It wasn't just campaign but, but finance. But that's, that's a side, though. Yes, it is. Yeah. Tax issues had nothing to do with Trump. Right. That's taxi medallion stuff in New York City. This is the only link to Cohen to Trump is paying off the women, and where did the money come from? If the money came from private funds, there's no crime. So why is this even happening? Uh, so, Bill, if if we find out, because the, they're saying they have additional evidence, including you know messages, and they, but they're not clear about what it is yet. We don't know what the the additional mm-hmm. evidence is. If it comes out that the money came from the Trump campaign, routed through the Trump organization, would you say that that is a really serious issue? Yes, of course. Yes, that that would elevate it, but it doesn't make sense to indict somebody on a campaign finance charge and not put out that the reason we're indicting him is because it came from campaign money. Does that make any sense to anybody? Why would you hold that back? Right. And, and Bill, one one more thing on this before we move on from this particular topic. Do you, do you think that we, as the media and us included in all of this, are focusing too much on Trump as it relates to this investigation? We all know that that's what they're after. But yeah. in reality, you know, Mueller really did something wrong. Cohen seemingly, with at least on the tax side, really did something wrong. And, you know, the fact that a couple of high-ranking executives in this uh, organization ha- are going to prison is a significant development, even if it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Well, you, you said Mueller. You meant Manafort. Manafort, sorry. Um, look, the story doesn't have any importance to anybody unless the president's involved. All right, Manafort trying to get away with uh, hiding money. Nobody cares about that. I'm glad the uh, authorities got him. Cohen doing some sleazy thing with New York City taxi cabs and, and again, trying to hide money from the authorities. Good, he deserves to go to prison. You can't do that. However, you once you get into a position where you're trying desperately, you're using the weight of the entire Justice Department paid for by the U.S. taxpayer, desperately trying, to find something, anything, on a sitting president of the United States is disturbing, is it not? It, it is, and and the and the pressure that they're using 
is problematic not just in this particular case, but throughout the justice system. If you had an honest media system. in this country, the media would be actually be defending Trump. The media would be saying, you know, this isn't good for the country, and the Justice Department is going on this wild goose chase to try to get the president. Mueller has been 18 months and still hasn't produced one shred of evidence of Russian collusion. This is wrong. It's hurting all Americans. You know, put up or shut up. That's what an honest press would do. Instead, the national media is a lynch mob encouraging the expedition to bring down the president. So that's how screwed up our entire country is at this uh, at this point. Well, we we would. Uh, um, what, what's frustrating is you say a an honest media, but let's be let's be completely honest. Um, it's not just the media. If this was happening, if Hillary Clinton would have won and, uh, and the situation was, was the same. She paid hush money to, uh, you know, a bunch of women to, uh, keep them quiet a couple of weeks before the election, you know, for Bill Clinton, or maybe she was having an affair. I don't know if it was the same story. We would all be up in arms and we would be demanding impeachment. And the media would be saying the exact opposite of what they're saying now. That's the problem. Be, I don't know the we. I wouldn't be demanding impeachment. I, I, I um, mean, I mean the the general right, the general yeah, Fox the News would be. The Hillary haters would be, you know, trying to put a noose around her neck. And this is what's wrong. I mean, I was talking to somebody last night, and, and they were lamenting they have nowhere to go on television to find out the news. Right. <laughs> they, they can't find out the news. Nope. Because whatever you tune in, that agency is going to either be trying to get Trump off or trying to put him in prison. And and there's no in between. So any fact that may emerge isn't looked upon as a fact. It's, well, can we use it for or against him? And, I mean, again, that puts the country in dire trouble when its citizens can't get really what's happening. And that's what I'm trying to do on BillOReilly.com. I think you're trying to do it on the radio and on the blaze. Um, but it's rare. And and it's getting very, very intense. We just um, uh, we just did an hour on the truth of what's happening in South Africa. And uh, the truth is nothing really is happening yet. The seeds are there. The people are fanning the flames of it. But what's what's happening in South Africa now is is uh, there is an upswing uh, with murder, but the upswing of violent crime all across the country, even, you know, black on black, you know, whites on whites is through the roof, through the roof. I did it yesterday, so I'm glad you took uh that's why we subscribe so we can do some yeah, research and then bring again trump doesn't take the time to research the situation and tweets out something that's half true but half of it isn't true um the one thing that you overlooked in your analysis that you just told me is that in south africa it is clear that the government in place wants to take land i mean take Oh, yes. yeah. No, we, we covered that. Yeah, we who did. are a certain color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. White. Right. All right. And that is also that has happened. In That's the why I say they're, they're planting the seeds and they are watering those seeds. I mean, the 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 new president of South Africa is clearly racist. 
Um, yeah. they, and he, the, and he the, believes that white people, he wants white people to leave the country, which they will. Um, and he wants to steal their land. And Zimbabwe did the same thing. And look what happened to Zimbabwe. But in the process, if you've been to South Africa, and I have, you know that it is a country where many people live in rural areas that don't have any protection at all. No police protection. All right. And these murders of white farmers are happening at an increased rate because the criminals know they will not even be hunted. That they can go in and kill anybody they want and no one will look for them. And that story is explosive, but Americans don't care about what happens in South Africa. So what I've, <laughs> what I've seen is uh, this really dangerous scenario of... The president tweeting something, which what he tweeted was, hey, I've asked the secretary of state to look into to this. Look into it. OK, right. you, you probably shouldn't say that. You should probably just go to his office and say, hey, I want you to look into this um, and then tweet what you find. Um, but what happened was he didn't tweet anything crazy. He said, hey, I want to look into this. No, uh, but he said it was happening. Um, that was the problem. OK. You know, yeah, it hasn't you're right, been you're passed. Right, you're right. It hasn't been passed by the government. You're right. You're right. So, so yeah. immediately the press, instead of taking a measured tone and saying, you know, this <laughs> yeah. is going around and, you know, uh, he's a racist. Yeah, he's a racist. Yeah, he's he, a racist for even bringing it up. Right. Yeah, of course. And which but only pushes people to believe. I mean, this is the worst case scenario uh, on this. And I think it's going to play out this way if we don't back up and stop this nonsense what's hap- what's going to happen is because donald trump tweeted this and the press said well he's a crazy racist when when the secretary of state comes back and says no that's not actually happening the people have already chosen a side you're either with trump or you're with cnn and if the secretary of state comes back and says no here are the facts they're going to blame it on the deep state. So, I mean, it just gets worse. I don't even think that people are going to even pay attention to what's happening in South Africa. I think that basically many Americans, perhaps most, have tuned out of the whole thing now. Um, Fox News ratings this week collapsed. You would think that with all of the stories involved and all of the intensity that Fox News' ratings would be through the roof. That did not happen. They lost audience. And who gained? MSNBC gained. Because all the Trump haters who want him out came in. They knew they weren't going to hear anything but, yeah, let's get him out, let's get him out. So they came into MSNBC. So, But the people who don't have any ideological craziness, they just didn't watch they just said, you know, I've had enough. I know I can't get the right story, so I'll go to a subscription service like BillOReilly.com, or I'll go to The Blaze, and I'll try to get what I can get out of there. But I know I'm not going to be served by the national press agencies. I mean, how, how sad is this? It's depressing. That's what's happening. Bill, one quick question before we go to break. Uh, do you think this Cohen, Manafort, this whole thing that's happened over the past week, is that going to have an immediate effect on Trump's approval rating either way? I don't know about approval rating, but it will have an effect on the midterms unless Donald Trump 
regains momentum. So Donald Trump now is on the defensive. All right. I think that his crew is going to stay with him. And there are enough people that feel this is BS that they may approve of his job. So he might stay in the high 40s. But the momentum is clearly against Republicans now. And if the president wants to hold the House, he's got to regain that momentum. Okay. And illegal immigration is probably the way he's going to do it. Okay. I want to talk to you about illegal immigration. I want to talk to you about impeachment if they do take the uh, House. Uh, which sounds like you think that there is an increasing chance that that is absolutely going to happen. We'll talk to Bill O'Reilly, get his opinions on those things when we come back. Simply Safe Home Security is our sponsor this half hour. Great home security, fantastic protection, really easy to use. This company started with us. They were there were five people, five people. Uh, and now they're a billion dollar company. Incredible. And we're just thrilled for them. Awesome. Because they make just this is the simplest product it is the best product and it is at a fair reasonable price and when it comes to saving you money you save a ton of money there's no contracts you own the system uh it's wireless it's state-of-the-art technology when when you compare what you're paying now to what you will pay for this security one time and then your monitoring is without a contract, no strings, no wires. It, it'll blow your mind. It's why this company has grown so fast. They're really great. Simply Safe. You're going to save 10% now off your system if you go to simplysafebeck.com. Special address simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, order your system, free yourself, and keep your family simply safe. Simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. Bill O'Reilly, what do you make of uh, David Pecker uh, from the National Enquirer getting immunity um, yesterday to, to speak to prosecutors? He apparently told prosecutors that of his knowledge of the payments uh, to women. Uh, also, sources uh, said uh, that uh, Pecker provided investigators with the details about the payments Cohen made to the women. Sources said, Beck. I know, I know, I know. Sources said. Um, in order for the federal government to charge an American citizen with a crime, they've got to have enough evidence all right, to go to a court and present a viable case, or they will be charged with malicious prosecution. Sure. So, if Cohen, when they raided his office, if they found evidence that he paid these women off, they had to corroborate that. Right. Therefore, there's only one person who could corroborate it. Right. That was Pecker. Okay. Of the but there still Empire, is no crime here unless okay, wait, it wait, came wait, wait. from. Don't get ahead of yourself. All right. All right. So the FBI goes in there and they sit around their little table and they go, you know, look. For whatever reason, we want to get Michael Cohen on campaign finance violations, but we can't do it with what we have from his office. We got to get somebody else to corroborate what he did. Who's the only person on earth that Michael Cohen did business with outside of um, Stormy Daniels' attorney? Yeah, National Enquirer. David Pecker. So they waltz into Pecker's office and they say, look, if you want to make it easy on yourself, you've got to tell us what happened and we'll give you immunity because we got to back up our stuff 
that uh, Cohen did something wrong in campaign finance. So the Packer said, oh, yeah, okay, you know, give me immunity, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Now, that doesn't mean that he has anything. anything. Yeah, doesn't mean that Packer knew anything about campaign finance. All he knew is that Michael Cohen paid him. Right. Um, That's all he knew. Um, He might have known more. Maybe there was a big blaze on the check that said, this is from Donald Trump's campaign finance. Right. Maybe. Well, maybe there is there there the is of the check. There, I doubt it. There 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 is uh, some evidence of a uh, a transfer of funds from the campaign uh, 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 in around that amount, and and we're not sure if it's connected or not. But all I'm driving towards is is this if that if that exists that proof. Yes. This is the same thing of Watergate, because Watergate, that break-in, was financed by the committee to re-elect the president. That's and right. That's what... If, if Trump, if Trump, if they can prove that Trump knew campaign finance money was used to hush the women, then he's through. Back in just a minute with Bill O'Reilly. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Joined by BillOReilly.com. All right, Bill. I know we're working on uh, we're working on if if if, uh, but one thing I've gotten a lot of uh, feedback on this week or questions from audience members is if he is impeached and removed from office, um, and you know if these things do come that they have evidence that he was using campaign finance or campaign uh, funds, then it is Watergate. Uh, so there's a precedence on this. Uh, what does that do to the country? Does does his you know of any number of his followers? Do they just let this happen or do they cry injustice and not let it go? Uh, Does does Donald Trump do what Nixon did and resign or does he go through the whole the whole trial? Well, first of all, it'd have to be very vivid proof. And to me, that would be. I, I just I know Trump pretty well. I mean, I don't think he makes mistakes like that. But let's just, for the sake of argument, say that he did um, allow campaign finance money to pay these women off. You probably well, remember uh, the, the uh, Nixon thing better than I do. I yeah, don't remember. I, do. I don't remember uh, Nixon uh, necessarily. It was the missing, you know, nineteen minutes or eighteen minutes. Uh, he he wasn't. It wasn't. it wasn't the same thing, though, because Nixon didn't direct the stuff uh, in the Watergate break-in. What Nixon got impeached for or was going to get impeached for was covering it up and lying about it after the fact. This would be Trump actually directing. This would have to be that. Pay the women with campaign funds. I just can't imagine he would do that. Right, but if um, if the organization did that, what makes well, that different than Nixon? to do with it. If he didn't have anything to well, do but, with it and he didn't know about it. But wait, neither did Richard Nixon, you just told me. But once Nixon was informed about it, he did not tell the truth to the investigators. He didn't tell the truth about it. He lied and covered it up. 
and and ordered hush money uh, hush money payments to people who um, knew the truth. So it, it's a different thing. They caught Nixon for basically lying after the fact. This charge is that Trump directed the money to these women, uh, who, by the way, if you read my column this week, are basically extortionists, these two women. I mean, you know, it was, it's amazing what they did, and now they're heroes at CNN. But let's get back to Trump. So it would have to be very vivid, um, almost in a memo form, yeah, Donald Trump uh, ordered money taken out of his um, campaign fund bank account and given to these women. Now, oh, if man. that is shown, his support will dissipate. There won't be very many people saying, "Well, it's okay." Um, so that, that. But if it's if it's uh, if it's proof for reasonable beyond reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. it's never going to be that clear cut. Um, well, if it isn't that clear cut and they're relying on Michael Cohen and a National Enquirer guy, then Trump's got a fighting chance. Remember, Bill Clinton um, lied about his uh, right, right, dalliance right. in the Oval Office with an intern. That's pretty bad, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he wasn't even close to being convicted in the Senate for impeachment. I mean, they got 50 votes and they needed 66. It wasn't close. So the, the politician said, yeah, all right, he did it, but it's not that bad. If there isn't a smoking gun and it's he said, she said, that's the same thing that's going to happen. The House can bring articles, but the Senate, you're never going to get 66 votes in the Senate to throw them out. Any doubt in your mind, no matter what the evidence is, if the Democrats take control of the House, they impeach him? You know, it's a risk, because if they impeach him on nothing, then they'll, they're almost guaranteeing his reelection in 2020. I mean, people aren't stupid. They're being lied to by the press. But as I said, they're walking away from the lies. They're not stupid. I mean, and Trump's got a machine that can get it out there that this is ridiculous. Okay. So they'll, if the Democrats impeach on nothing, they'll lose the presidential election next one. All right. Let me uh, change topics. I want to play this audio. And I just, I don't want the audience's head to explode. And you're going to want you will. This will make you crawl out of your skin. Uh, This is Chris Cuomo talking to Kellyanne Conway. And uh, she he's accusing her of using one person's death to raise a flag and say, if you're not if you're not with us, uh, then you are you don't care. And I want you to count the number of. Uh, uh, of hypocritical statements that Chris Cuomo is going to make. It is the most self uh, uh, um, uh, unaware of, of his own. Uh, there is a huge lack of self-awareness Thank you. going on. In this huge clip. I've, I, so like, I've never seen anything like it. Listen to the clip. There was wall-to-wall coverage about a, a, a missing woman in Iowa until she was found, and God rest her soul. Let's count. And then you, this, this you don't God even have the soul. decency. You're not letting her soul rest. Oh yes, you're I waving am. her like a flag. No, I would never. We're hijacking her. How grief. dare you? If you're not with us about immigrants, then you don't care about Molly Tibbetts. How dare you? No, and how, how dare, dare the you president? You, you count that as just two. like Kate Steinle. So yeah, if you don't want to abuse immigrants the way the president does, if you don't want 
to assume they're all murders the way the, uh, the president wants people that. to believe he's that you don't care that. about Kate Steinle and Molly never Tippett. Said that. You don't care about the ones who have been murdered to say this is how it happened. This is how we can all Over 17,000 murders in this country in 2016. How many times has he stood up and said this is an atrocity what happened? Many times. Only when the people who kill them That's are someone true. that he wants to talk to. That's not true. That would be oh, for talk Democrats. to me about Chicago. He covered 55 minutes of a live meeting in the cabinet room in late January where he was flanked by Democrats and Republicans from the House and the Senate to talk about DACA, the Dreamers. Where did they go? Why aren't they there? Why when they thought, why when the Democrats they talk brought about immigration? Deal, Schumer told no, me, wrong. and he denied it. Why when they talk about immigration, the Christopher, truth. do they only think of the Dreamers? Why? There's the truth. Why oh, don't they go. respect? Here we go. Here's a nice us them thing. Are we back to the real racism problem? There's six. Do you think that's a good idea to have immigration? It's not my job to make policy decisions. It is my job to test them. And I'll tell you what I think is wrong. Saying that you care about Molly Tibbetts and calling her permanently separated from her family. Is that how you describe someone when they're murdered? I just said God rest her soul and I didn't say her name. He said she was permanently separated from her family. Is that the time? to play ugly politics because he's upset That's about what happened with him putting kids in cages. Yes. Why can't Permanently separated? What, why can't you say what happened? Why can't we you say, say there it. are I did two segments on it yesterday. Of course there are cracks in the no, system. The of course her murder, but for that man being here illegally, wouldn't have happened. Do you think we should get a vote happened. on Kate's law? Do you think the grief of Laura... I think that you should do whatever you can to stop illegal immigration, but you don't have to treat the immigrants like crap to do that. No. Nine. I counted nine hypocritical (laughs) statements in that. Bill, your comment. All right. Um, you know, first of all, it's impossible to even listen to them because they're just talking over each other, and that's ridiculous. And, you know, he doesn't know how to control the interview. But he said something very interesting in the last 30 seconds. He said, of course you should do whatever you can to mitigate the illegal immigration problem. Okay, not him, you. Now, Kellyanne Conway is a guest, not a host. But if it were me debating Chris Cuomo, I would have stopped it right there and go, okay, you want to make the illegal immigration situation a little bit more protective for the American citizens, right? And, of course, he'd have to say yes. I said, how do you want to do that? And then because Chris Cuomo opposes every single way to provide more protection for people like Molly Tibbetts. Now, you counted up his hypocritical things, they go flying out the window. He doesn't want a wall. He doesn't want ICE agents raiding um, uh, work sites. He doesn't want sanctions against sanctuary cities that protect criminal illegal aliens. This is Chris Cuomo. Okay? You don't want any of that. So you want hypocrisy. There you go. He says to his audience, yeah, you should do whatever you can to improve the illegal immigration problem. But he opposes every single thing that has been proposed to do that. I wipe them off the face of the earth. CNN, of course, wouldn't care because they don't, you know, it's not a matter of efficiency there. It's a matter of ideology. So that's uh, that's pretty much what it is, you know, and they talk over each other. And I, of course, then watch the jet game or whatever. So <laughs> I think everybody did. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you that extra point that makes 10 hypocritical statements. Then. <laughs> yeah, but that's the big one. Yeah, that that crushes Chris Cuomo. Correct. OK, correct. Bill, I'm going yeah. on vacation for a week. 
You are another one. Yeah. What do you mean another one? I mean, you were just off July fourth for like uh, eighteen days. I, I saw you wandering around Utah. Somewhere. I'm twenty. I'm tw- <laughs> I'm twenty years into working for this company. I get more yeah. than two weeks a year. You know, I, and I applaud you for it. Where are you going? Going someplace fun? Uh, yeah, I am taking the uh, kids up into the mountains. The mountains. Yes. Now, is there any destination, or do you just wander? No, we just wander. We're looking. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm actually looking. We're going to build an altar. My wife and I. Uh, I'm going to have the kids bring some sticks. Uh, um, and uh, is this the Utah mountains, Colorado mountains? Where uh, this is uh, Idaho mountains. Idaho way. Yeah, very yeah, nice. Yeah. Very, very nice, good. Very nice. Now, in reality, though, you're in a luxury hotel in. Going to really I'm going there. to L. A. and just hanging out with yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Bel yeah. Air hotel. Get that, <laughs> Get that out of my room. All right, Bill. Good talking to you, brother. Okay, thanks for having T- me on. Talk to you next Thank week. You. you bet. You can pre-order Bill's new book, Killing the SS, uh, which is coming out really in now October, I believe. Uh, a yep. lot of people, I, I, every time you go to uh, the page for your book, um, uh, Addicted to Outrage, you see what people are buying together, and it's <laughs> Addicted to Outrage and Killing the SS. Yeah. Uh, so those are both coming out in the next. There's a lot of reading to do coming yeah. out soon. And they're, they're both really, really good. Go and buy his book uh, and uh, buy mine as well uh, because they, they both are very, very different but well worth the read. His is really good, and I'm very proud of ours. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin was down 2017 in the summer. It was down 40%. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency expert Tika Tawari from Palm Beach Letter uh, came out with an announcement. So there are going to be enormous amounts of money uh, going into Bitcoin. At the time, it was 40% down, uh, and it was... Trading at $1,800 a coin. He said, no, don't worry about this down spell. It's going to go up to 10000 plus. Well, we know that it went up to 20000 We were in the middle of a horrific bear market. But by the end of the year, Bitcoin hit 20000 He just announced that he thinks Bitcoin will go 10x by the end of the year. I, I think that's crazy. I think it's going to have a really good year. I think that's crazy, but this is this guy's record. He always says crazy stuff, and then it happens because he <laughs> backs it up with uh, all kinds of evidence. If you want to find out that evidence, you can uh, you can subscribe. But what I would like you to do is just first understand cryptocurrency. Before you invest, I think everybody should have $100 in Bitcoin. Everybody. Um But before you do anything, take the smart crypto course so you understand what it is, why it's important, what blockchain is, how that's going to change the world. Go to smartcryptocourse.com and take this course from Tika. Smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK. 877-PBL-BECK. Smartcryptocourse.com. Glenn Beck. I am so glad you're here today. Thank you so much. I'm going to be uh, gone next week, uh, but uh, Stu is going to be here. Pat's going to be here, and we'll uh, continue to do some uh, great stuff. When I come back, uh, shortly after vacation, we're going to start uh, talking a lot about postmodernism so you know what the cancer is in our country, and you understand it, and you know how to fight against it. It's, it's based on my uh, new book, uh, Addicted to Outrage. 
Um, and also, we are uh, going to be starting uh, in the fall a new podcast uh, of, uh, of interviews with just really, really fascinating people. I, yesterday, I did an, uh, a 90-minute interview with somebody, commercial-free, um, and just very different than anything you've ever seen me do. Uh, and it was, I think it was one of the most, I think it was one of the best things I've done in, I don't know how long. They're really powerful. Yeah. Um, really powerful. And I think it's going to, I think the audience is going to like, it. it's a little bit different, uh, than what we do on the show on a, on a daily basis. Uh, but of course that will still continue. So, yeah. you know, it's just an extra thing. Yeah. And these are ways for us. I, I get so frustrated when I interview people on the radio cause we have to stop and chop it up and then you don't necessarily get to the best stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so this gives us a chance to have a full unedited, you know, sometimes two hours with somebody and you can watch all of it. But then we'll take the highlights of that and we'll we'll put it on the on the radio or TV as well. So you can get the clips. And then if you want to go back and watch the whole thing, uh, they are they're really powerful, really powerful. I've done a couple of them so far, uh, one yesterday. And, and we have some great, great guests that are going to be a part of this. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll launch that uh, sometime September October. Okay, we've got uh, millions of dollars uh, coming back, hundreds of millions of dollars coming back to states around the country, uh, and uh, that uh, why? Because there was a giant part of Obamacare that was unconstitutional. I haven't seen one media source report about this huge lawsuit. Or hundreds of millions of dollars. I know Texas is one of the states. They're returning $300 million in tax taxes back to Texas from the federal government because of Obamacare. And Ken Paxton is the guy who did it, mm-hmm. led the way. Uh, and I think that's going to actually be a tax rebate here in Texas. He said he wants people. to return it to the, to the taxpayers, which that's is amazing. Which is great. That's amazing. So we're going to talk to him coming up. Also, I, I want to give you a quick rundown on uh, something I'll be dealing with when I get back, and that is uh, an economic uh, warning and war footing that I think we're preparing for. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. The first rule of feminist fight club. Let me say, of the feminist fight club is one, You must talk about the Feminist Fight Club. Okay, you see where this is going? Feminist Fight Club is somehow a real thing started in Colorado State University. Rule two, you must talk about the Feminist Fight Club at CSU. Rule three, we fight the patriarchy and all forms of harassment, bullying, inequality, discrimination, isms, and other phobias, not each other. Okay, got it. They're here to fight the patriarchy. Rule number four, membership in the Feminist Fight Club means you've taken the oath to help and support all women and those who are historically marginalized groups. Rule number five, the FFC is inclusive and non-hierarchical. Everyone's an equal fighter. Stu, will you just check? Because I think that one contradicts rule number four, but I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'll work on that. Okay. Rule number six. The fight is not over until we have achieved gender equality for all people. Wait, I thought you were fighting the patriarchy. Rule number seven, no wallfire, wallflowers, everyone must fight. Now, this club is part of the university's women and gender collaborative. It uh, comes with a 
painfully kitschy handbook, which includes definitions of things like appropriation. The disproven idea that research shows that women are less likely to have ideas correctly attributed to them by both women and men. Let me ask you something. I don't care what I don't care what you have in your pants. Have you ever had your idea credited to someone else or witnessed this happen? Right. All of us have. What did you do? What are you going to do next time? What will you do to get help with someone else to get the, when someone else gets the credit? Bropriation. There's also advice on how to stop a manterrupter, noting that, quote, research shows that women are twice as likely to be interrupted when they speak by both men and women, and more frequently if they're women of color. Practicing interrupting an interrupter on behalf of your fellow woman and vow that this group to uh, vow in the group to call out this behavior the next time you see it. Something about this makes me doubt rule number six, that the fight is not over until we have achieved gender equality for all people. Post-modernism. It's Friday, August 24th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to introduce you to Mr. Ken Paxton. He is... uh... He is, I, I think, the best, uh, the best attorney general in the country. <laughs> this guy's got guts galore. Uh, he, is, he has taken uh, the Obama administration and the government to court time and time again, and he keeps winning. We want to talk to him a little bit here about the Obamacare tax lawsuit win and what is coming back to the state of Texas so your state can do the same. Ken, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for that nice introduction. I can tell you, Texas is not tired of winning. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's amazing uh, if you just stand your ground. How how I can't say it's easy, but how often you can win. Yeah, and this was such a no brainer. This this uh, was obviously unconstitutional. I, apparently, I mean, most states obviously didn't join us in this. We only had six states. Um, but just from those six states for just the three years, it was $839 million payback to the states. And had we had all the states or more, that number would have gone up. And that doesn't even count money going forward that they were going to take from us, because now we get to stop that from happening in the future. Now, is that stopping only those six states? Yes. We, Unbelievable. Uh, not nationwide. Uh, we just asked for our money back, and, you know, we're getting it. And anybody could have joined our lawsuit. We, you know, opened it up. Anybody could have joined the lawsuit and been part of this and gotten their money, and they, we did all the work. Before we, we uh, get into exactly what the problem was and how this works, here are the states. Indiana, $94 million. Kansas, $142 million. Louisiana, $172 million. Wisconsin, $88 million. Nebraska, $36 million. And Texas, $305 million returned from the federal government to and the it states. W- and it was taken by the federal government unconstitutionally how so congress delegated the authority to an agency and then the agency delegated authority to a a third party to define certain terms to make these contracts with medicaid providers actuarially sound well we argue that congress can't delegate the authority to to basically tax to a non-governmental entity, and that's what happened in this case. Mm. And that was that was a theory that the judge took. We also made arguments that uh, Congress can't tax states; that we, we we can't be forced to pay taxes to the federal government. 
that one um, wasn't the one that it was decided on. It was it was it was the one I did, the previous argument that we made. But they was, uh, did did they dismiss that or did they rule against that? Dismissed it, but on appeal, when the, the IRS has already appealed this, we're going to bring that argument back up because we still feel like it's a valid argument that we cannot be taxed as states. So is there, can any state now, I mean, if people now see that this is happening, can other states, Is it? have you paved the way so it's an open and shut thing for other states? Certainly, uh, they certainly would have the opportunity to follow the same thing we did. They may end up obviously in a different circuit, uh, uh, so different judge. They might get a different answer. You know how that goes, depending on where you file. Uh, we filed ours in Texas, and we were pretty certain that we had the right answer and that ultimately the Fifth Circuit will find the same thing, and we think ultimately the U.S. Supreme Court will. So these states have the opportunity, if they want, to go try try the same thing, because if, if obviously we get different answers in different circuits, they'll end up at the U.S. Supreme Court anyway. So I know, I, I know New York and I know Texas. If New York had a $350 million windfall, they would immediately be talking about ways to invest it. Texas, is Governor Abbott going to return this money to the people? So we don't have the money yet. We won't get it until the appeals are over. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, this money is, is coming back, and, and the legislature will, will have the opportunity to decide what to do with the money. Are you signing, are you signing like, uh, warrants for people, or what are you doing right now? I hear the pin scratching across the table. That's not me. Okay. Um, okay, so let me, uh, um, uh, let me, may I change the subject here? Absolutely. There is, oh. for, first of all, how's your, how's your wonderful wife? Oh, I should. I'm going to answer that question, but I want to thank you, by the way, for covering that Obamacare, because uh, no print media in Texas covered that story. It was a huge win for Texas. They constantly complain that we're wasting taxpayer resources by filing lawsuits like this. And then when we are successful, they don't not a not no print media in Texas covered it. That's None. insane. Not one. None. Because we were successful. That doesn't play into their narrative, and so they just ignore that it happened, and then they'll complain later that we spent too much money, but never acknowledging that, you know, I think our total cost of the case was less than $200,000, and we, we're going to bring in over $300 million, and then going forward, it'll be, you know, it'll be millions of dollars going forward every year. Ken, how concerned are you about the blue wave in Texas? How many years are we away from, or how close are we? to having uh, the possibility of a blue wave with all these people coming in from California, especially, uh, and the money being poured in to Texas to change it blue. Well, and that's the reason I'm so interested in, in the wall being built, not as much on the southern border, but actually the wall that, that keeps the Californians from voting the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> the actually, Californian boat I, people. Know, obviously, we're concerned about it. We have people coming in from all over the country who are leaving their states because you know, because of the problems that were created by bad policies, by liberal policies, we're hopeful that those people don't come here and, and vote the same way, escaping, trying to escape the bad policies there and then voting for those same policies here. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's a, that yeah. hope is a step away from despair on that one. <laughs> I mean. no, I, I'm not sure that they're all voting that way. I, we're going to find out a lot. I mean, we're, you just asked me about my wife, Angela, running for the state Senate. In, a, in Collin County, which has uh, been known as a very Republican county, and yet we had Toyota move there and bringing in lots of Californians. We're going to find out how that's affected uh, elections, I think, yeah. this cycle. 
Okay. Um, let me let me switch subjects, and and this may be out of your your expertise, but I'd like to see if I could get some opinion uh, from you on this. Um, let me start here. The the Facebook, Twitter, all of these uh, all of these uh, platforms are targeting conservatives and removing voices. Um, and I'm a free speech absolutist, uh, especially if you've built a platform. These same companies went to the United States and said, we need protection. We, we're not publishers. We're just open platforms. And this was because of the back page thing. Uh, and they said, so we, we, we can't be held responsible for what is on our platform because we're just a platform. Again, we're not publishers. And so they got that special protection. Doesn't that special protection now require them to uh, at least uh, not target uh, you know, half of the country and, and squash our voices? Uh, you know, I would absolutely agree with what you just said. It's it's certainly an issue that uh, a lot of AGs, particularly Republican AGs, are concerned about because you know we're we're seeing some of the, the same issues that you're, you're you're talking about, and we have our we have our questions. And at this point, you know, we're asking questions. We haven't we haven't gotten a lot of answers. So is this something that you're I'm because I'm wildly concerned. Uh, I mean, I, I am no friend of Alex Jones. I do not like Alex Jones. He's been a pain in my ass since 9-11 um, and uh, has caused me great trouble. And and uh, my first active real death threat that people were actively trying to carry out came from Alex Jones and his audience. Um, and so I have no love for this guy. But I'm really disturbed that his voice can be erased in our society. And yet those same platforms will let Antifa Austin post that they want a red army. They want two of them. One that just only has, uh, you know, an army that just uses clubs uh, and sticks and flagpoles to beat people into submission and then they want an actual militarized red army that will take care of the rest. That's on Facebook. That's on Twitter. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, it's interesting because we've asked questions about like my particular uh, Facebook page and what, how it's becoming more difficult to, to attract followers. And, 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 and we're like, why is it harder for us than it used to be? We're doing the same things. And they claim that it's the algorithm. It's always the algorithm, whatever that means. Uh, but they never explain, you know, the algorithm and why why it doesn't why why we can't get the things out we need to get out, and why it seems like negative stories come up on conservatives and Republicans more than positive stories. There's two. Uh, there's there's um, uh, another story here that involves two different angles that I've been warning about for a while, and I'm seeing them now. This is starting to accelerate. Um, in New York, they decided to send a letter to all of the financial institutions that the state of New York would look at your responsibility as a financial institution if you were doing business with the NRA or any of these uh, of these, uh, you know, uh, gun stores or gun manufacturing 
if you're making loans to them or credit cards, they would have to take a look at your your social responsibility as a as a uh, company. Uh, that was bone chilling. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I agree. I was going to say scary. Yeah, uh, terrifying. Obviously, that, that they, that's affecting a Second Amendment right, which is obviously fundamental to what our founders believe we needed to protect ourselves from our own government. And so they're affecting Second Amendment rights, not just in New York, but if, if, if that policy goes into effect in New York, then obviously it changes policy everywhere. So it, it's a scary thought that that's a backdoor way of eliminating, eliminating Second Amendment rights. And it also affects interstate commerce and the ability of, of people around the country to be able to purchase products. Okay, so try this on for size. This, is, this, this came out, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, and nobody seems to care about it. Guy named Robert Spencer. He's the editor in chief of Jihad Watch. He is he's not radical. He's not crazy. He's very well researched. He goes farther than I than I would. But he's he's in the realm of sane. He's not saying, hey, let's make cartoons of, you know, Mohammed. He he's in the realm of of sanity. Um, he was just deplatformed uh, because uh, MasterCard said that he they wanted they would not do any processing for any of his uh, services, so he couldn't make money because his platform is is kind of tied to MasterCard. Then today, I just found out the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, has labeled the Freedom Center. This is David Horowitz's uh, group, not a radical hate group by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they have labeled them a hate group, and they've been trying to get organizations like Amazon and Facebook and Twitter to ban us. What what they did get is uh, they got Mastercard and Visa to block all donations to David Horowitz's Freedom Center. This means that Freedom Center, that all the work that David Horowitz has done to expose the extreme left, that's all gone because they cannot raise money if they can't process credit cards. What, what do we yeah. do here? You know, I, I think it's something we definitely need to look at because here, here we're talking again about First Amendment rights. And if they can uh, backdoor these things, we're Basically, people's fundamental First Amendment rights are, are, are limited or completely eliminated, which is what's going to happen. It, it definitely seems like a strategy of the left that, that, that they are pushing across the country in every possible way. And we better figure out a response to you know, how we're going to deal with it. Ken, when, if you get involved in this or if you have any ideas, please let me know. We'll, we'll back you. I am very concerned about deplatforming and also losing ability to of banking services it's going it's going to happen they're doing it now ken paxton attorney general state of texas you're the best thank you so much for everything that you've done and uh getting the 350 million dollars back from the federal government uh we'll pray that it continues to go uh well for you keep up the fight Ken. hey thank you and thanks for having me on you bet by the way if you live in Texas, his wife is is even stronger than he is, and she's running for state senate. I don't endorse anybody. I really like her. I'm going to vote for her. You should at least look into her, because uh, I think she's amazing. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Casper. 
in the middle of the night. You're tossing and turning. You're not sleeping. You're drenched. You're covered in sweat. You could run the AC. You could run the fan all night to try to keep cool. Or you could just get rid of your heat-trapping mattress and sleep cool and comfortable like I do on my Casper mattress. All Casper mattresses use premium foams that they helped invent to relieve pressure and to align your body and to make sure that the heat isn't trapped in the mattress. That's the breathable material that guarantees that you're going to get a cool sleep and a comfortable sleep all summer long. Ships free in a box so small you won't believe it holds a mattress. You get it from the front door. You open it up where you want your bed. That thing pops out. It's amazing to watch. Uh, And then you try it for 100 nights. If you don't love it, return it it's risk-free they come and pick it up no refund i mean they refund every dime no questions asked sleep cool and comfortable every night with a casper mattress casper.com use the promo code beck you're going to save 50 bucks towards the purchase of select mattresses that's casper.com promo code beck casper.com promo code beck terms and conditions do apply yeah welcome to the program can I uh, you ad- down with that? address something that's a bit uncomfortable Yo. here on the program? Yeah. You seem to be in a, a situation mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> online. Uh-huh. Were you hacked? You, there seems to be hacked? tweets Just because with you retweeting at- and responding to Soldier Boy about various in-depth wow. issues... Uh, about wow, was I hacked just because I I let my hair down and I and I and I, and I reveal you know <laughs> another side of me you think I'm hacked Michelle just came in my assistant and she's like okay I have to ask because <laughs> we're all concerned uh, were you hacked <laughs> and I'm like the soldier boy stuff no he's retweeting my stuff he is he's got <laughs> over five million followers yeah uh, and he's oh. <laughs> He's retweeted you, you and put people, you on Instagram. Are you one of the people that just won't uh, uh, admit <laughs> that he changed the world 13 years ago? Well, how did he uh, change the world? Well, if you don't know, if you see, you're in denial. I'm in you're in denial, denial. That, that just about everything that we have with music and everything else really came from Soldier Boy. Starting 13 years ago. Really? Yeah, I'm on Glenn, his side. Back. But, Mercury. So... Uh, what are you doing? You listening to Soldier Boy? I am a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to to familiarize myself with. You that. really don't know who Soldier Boy is, really? Well, I mean, I do. I do right now. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm watching the yeah. video, and uh, yeah. apparently, a, a very uh, big personality, a big big mm-hmm. recording artist. Yeah, yeah, changed uh, the world 13 years ago. You, you keep saying that. Well, this is, a, this is the big argument, okay, between his fans and his detractors. Okay. You know, some people are like, who's Soldier Boy? And others are, are like, you just can't admit that he changed the world 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's, I mean, so that's where I live. You, right you, there. That's where you live? Yeah, crank that right there. Because, so, so Soldier Boy in 2003 uh, changed the world. Like when you say he changed the world, what action did he take that changed, or what did he change? I'm not. I'm not here to be your tutor, okay, on Soldier Boy. Well, I think that would be a valid role considering he's now retweeted you and put you on his Instagram. No, and 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 I appreciate that, and I appreciate the fact that he was smoking a blunt uh, when he, uh, you know, when when he put me up there. 
Uh, so you, pro- you guys probably do agree on federal marijuana policy. We probably, we probably do. do. We probably do. Mm-hmm. See, we're just I'm just making friends. I'm just making friends. You're just a fan. I'm just a and you, oh yeah, and a big time defender of his changing the world thirteen years thirteen ago. years ago. Yeah, or so oh, thirteen or fifteen. 13. So 13 it's 2005. Years. Sorry, yeah. I thought it was 15 13. years ago. Yeah, no. So, My apologies. So, uh, so you know, uh, Soldier Boy said, you know, uh, so many people want to see me win. Uh, F who don't. Uh, and he tweeted that. And I, it moved me. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those who just want to see you win. Right, because of the changing the world 13 years ago. Right. So I, I, uh, I tweeted uh, to him, Soldier Boy, yo, uh, we may have bling that's all iced out, uh, but because your hot bars melt that uh, ass, you got drip. Uh, and I am afraid to say it. Soldier Boy changed the world 13 years ago. What, 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 what does any of that mean? Was there a... You know, well, okay, so... Do you have a so random word a generator of some a, sort you found? No. You, you don't... I mean, I hate to quote... Because this is really, you know, outdated, but you'll relate to it because of, you know, you don't, you don't live the life I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak jive. Remember that from airplane? Yeah, I speak jive. Sure. Okay. Uh, and I know you don't speak the the you know language of the streets. A lot of people were saying, I don't know what's going on. You know, a lot of the comments. I feel like I, a lot of people might have been panicked by your tweet. I, I don't. Well, I because they didn't understand what I was saying. Like this, this, uh, uh, this person. Uh, uh, fired up, uh, said, I, I, have, I, I have no clue what this means. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would really like it to yeah, be so, explained. So, I, you know, if I may ex- explain it, because you, know, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't uh, familiar with the uh, language of the streets today, like I am. Um, when your bling is, uh, you know, what bling is, uh, yeah, like jewelry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, when your bling is iced, that just means it's covered in diamonds, okay, okay. But his hot bars, meaning bars of music. You know? Oh, okay. okay. I was going to think gold bars, but no. Yeah, no, no, no. His hot, his yeah, hot his bars, musical so his... bars okay. are so hot, and when I say hot, it's a more of a metaphorical. Uh, right, it's not temperature. It's, correct. It just it's... means you know the, mm-hmm. they're they're just really quite good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so it's it's so good. It's so quote hot that they uh, melt his bling into just a giant drip. Oh my God! Well, that's first of all, it's so, terrible waste. I would think if you were just you're melting. It's a metaphorical your... drip. It's a okay. metaphorical drip. So mm-hmm. you know that's that's you know when I tweet and I I guess I should have been more clear when I tweeted. You know, yo, we may have bling that's all iced out, but because your hot bars melt that, uh, you got drip. Uh, I, I guess I should have been a little more clear. Perhaps I you know for but, this audience, but uh, you have a different life. I mean, a lot I of do people lead say, a different. Are life. you the same on the air as off the air? Well, and yes and no. Ninety percent of the time, yes. Yeah, but and you sometimes I you. just go right to the soldier boy life. I, what are you trying to accomplish exactly? I just trying to be me, Stu. Trying to be me. You're trying to be you, and you're trying to make sure that everyone knows Soldier Boy changed the world 13 years I ago. I think it's an important uh, wrong to correct. Okay, and so now you've realized that Soldier Boy has retweeted your uh-huh. tweet. Yeah. He's also posted your tweet on Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to thank him for that. Of course again in the language of the street. Uh and uh so I'll have to 
I'll have to spend a couple of minutes crafting just the right message to Soldier Boy uh, on that. <laughs> I, would, I would advise against it, but um, you know, you do what you do what you need to do. Well, I mean, some people say some people say this is just um, you know maybe it's entertaining because there's nothing more uncomfortable than a, a dad trying to be cool. <laughs> some might say this is just punishment for my children. Uh, but uh, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not. I mean, when I punish my children, what I like to do is uh, I-, I like to take my kid, whichever one has. Re- I mean, th- and this is a serious trouble. You can, you can, you can take your kids, you know, and uh, and punish them the way you want to. You can ground them. I will tell you that the most effective punishment that I have found is I like to take them to the mall, uh, or you know, even better, movie theater. Maybe Friday or Saturday night, you know, r- right at the time that the big, you know, teen movie is uh, is letting in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I like to take them there. And then I do the uh, Soldier Boy uh, dance, you know, as a dad with gray hair and a little overweight, a lot overweight. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I dance to uh you know uh, songs that i just i i make up that revolve around my son or daughter's name oh so you're identifying them yeah. in the song i'm like boo do boo do boo do boo do boo rafe rafe is my son Ooh, oh my he's God. right here and he, they oh love God. it they love it <laughs> oh and so when they th- are thinking about screwing up i just I, all i have to say now is and they go white i'm not sure if this story is better now or when it will be told in therapy later on (laughs) (laughs) my dad he used to take me to the movie theater when i screwed up and he did this dance and it was so disturbing Mm. yeah yeah so uh kids just remember (laughs) that i am working up to asking soldier boy to come with me to do that dance with me mm. as I sing your names. So I just you I'm get just that in front of even you have a you know a few million people on uh, social media and then another <laughs> few million from Soldier Boy that would really get the reach out there. So it the kids would. could it would make sure people see it would mm-hmm. it would uh, a couple of uh, news developments. Can we yeah. get to real sure. quick? Uh, one of the arguments that has come from reporters who are on the white house beat for months has been that michael cohen is comparatively a small fish in comparison to uh alan weiselberg weiselberg is the trump organization cfo mm-hmm. and he is the guy who every financial you know yeah. how trump correctly yep. at times will t- call say cohen well cohen was doing small deals cohen wasn't he was close to trump and handled some of trump's you know shadier escapades mm-hmm. but he was not like a big piece of the organization financially mm-hmm. weiselberg is he's the guy uh he has just been granted immunity by prosecutors in the cohen investigation as well uh so but that doesn't necessarily mean he has anything it could mean that he just had stuff on cohen right so yeah. i mean this is in the cohen investigation uh however Immun- the immunity given to um, uh, you know uh, other figures in the administration has been talked about a lot. Weiselberg is one they've identified from the beginning that if they had him, you know, telling everything he knew, it could be a big problem for a lot of people 
uh, in that it circle. Could be it could if be if there was something wrong with Trump. Right. Uh, but if there this is a good point. If there is something wrong with Trump, and again, we haven't seen it particularly yet, but if there is something wrong, uh, he would be probably the central figure in knowing where the money went. And this goes back to past business dealings and all sorts of stuff. And Trump was very clear at the beginning. He didn't want any of that going on because it's way off the beaten path of the supposed uh, target of the investigation. But if it goes to his business dealings, that could be an issue. Because, you know, this wasn't a time where he was worried about running for president of the United States, per se. Uh, so we'll see. I, you know, it's something that I, I was, don't, I was I, much happier when we were talking about. Boo, 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 boo. I'm not sure the audience was. OK, um, all just, right. <laughs> I was happier. I was happier. Uh, so um, there's this leads me to something else that I, I, I want to just highlight before I go on vacation that I want you to uh, pay attention to. We're going to. We're going to cover this when I get back uh, in great detail, but I, I need to pass on um, some some a couple of warnings that I see on the horizon that are deeply concerning and they will affect you. They will affect your job and they will f- affect your um, your bank accounts. I'll do that here in just a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. I love this sponsor. It's ZipRecruiter. I use this sponsor here at work. They're great. I wish I would have used them when I was looking for Stu, but I don't even know if they were in existence back then. Oh, I'm right here. You found me. Yeah, but we could have done so much better. I mean, if we would use ZipRecruiter. It's true because, you know, I pretty much just showed up at the radio station. Yeah, you, know, you probably could have gone out and looked for a really good producer. See, here's who had experience. Exactly right. Yeah. So here's the problem. Here's the problem, Stu. Uh, you know, I, I could... I, I feel like hiring when I hired you, I was kind of like Darth Vader, uh, you know, when he was hiring all the clones. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's got a lot of them, but none of them can shoot right with any accuracy. No, no. Right? right. You know, mm-hmm. so we know ZipRecruiter doesn't uh, exist in the future. Uh, no, that was, for the long, that was a long time ago. Oh, far, a far long away. time ago. So, so they didn't they exist, did exist a long, yeah. long time ago. Uh, they should exist now because they could hire people they could shoot. Anyway, ZipRecruiter will send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. Applications come in, they analyze each one, they spotlight the top people so you never miss that great match. It's ZipRecruiter.com. Try it today for free. ZipRecruiter.com. That exclusive web address is so you can try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Okay. I want to talk to you a little bit about war and your pocketbook. Let me start with war. Uh, I'll get into the the uh, the greater details uh, when I come back. Uh, and I have reason for saying this, and I'll explain those reasons when I come back. But I believe we are beginning to prepare for global war. And there are several things that stick out that make me... Um, Make me believe that I mean it may be 1939 uh, for the uh, for the United States of America when we didn't have any intention to go to war, but we saw the war clouds and we said, you know, we should start doing some things. 
Um, it, you know, that didn't mean that war was imminent, but there were enough smart people to go. I think we're headed towards a huge war. We're changing uh, footing, I, I believe. Uh, you should be aware of that. Uh, and I'll make that case when we when we come back. Here's where it affects your pocketbook. There's something else that is going on. Uh, the S&P 500 recorded record net profit margin of 11.6 in the first quarter of 2018. That's the highest net profit margin from the S&P since financial data uh, began tracking. Now, <clears throat> this is a problem because we're now starting to see shortages uh, cropping up uh, because of rising uh, cost. Catap- uh, Caterpillar. Headwinds, they say, all year. That's because of steel. Uh, Pepsi, uh, the soda and snack maker, PepsiCo, feeling rising costs. Tyson Foods, popular uh, brands, Hillshire Farm, Jimmy Dean. They say the increased cost of freight has affected all four segments. We're also seeing increased labor costs. Um, Hershey, UPS, Procter Gamble made similar comments. And this leads you to the conclusion that we are having rising inflation. Now, it has been a long time since this nation has had real, substantial stagflation or inflation. The last inflationary period was 1965 through 1982. And, and in, in 1965, inflation was below 2%. By 1965, inflation was 5%. 74, 10%. And by 1980, it was 15%. Now, what does that mean? It means that your dollar is worth less and less the higher inflation goes. Let's say you put $100,000 in the savings in 1965. In 1965, you could have $100 and it would buy $100 worth of goods. By 1969, because of inflation, that same $100,000 would now cost you 116,000 if you wanted to buy the same exact goods. In 1974, you want to buy the same $100,000 worth of goods, it's now going to cost you 156. By 1981, to buy the same goods that you would have had in 1965, the same power of the dollar, it would have cost you 100,065. Just due to inflation, those goods would have cost you 288000 What this means is that you're purchasing, it's stealing money from your bank account. It's, it's, you, you might feel like you have the same amount of money or more, but you actually don't. Um, Germany is also now talking about dumping the dollar. There's a lot of things happening. A lot of it is revolving around this these ridiculous trade wars. They have to stop. They have to stop. We'll give you all the details uh, in detail when I come back from vacation. Have a safe week. Enjoy Pat and Stew. We'll see Glenn you in a week. Back, Mercury.